Hey now, hey now, hi yo, welcome to the coffee schmooze, the bi-weekly solo podcast featured as a video on Instagram. And as an MP3 streaming on Spotify, Apple, and the other places you may get your podcast material. It's looking to be a scorcher here today, folks. New York City, it's going to be 70 degrees. My cat is excited. He is Moisha, my cat. He is looking looking out the window, basking in the sunlight. And boy, do I love him. We've we've broed out these past couple weeks. Our relationship has really grown in that we're in sync now. We have routines. We have things that... He does things in accordance with my routine. And it's a nice thing. And it just, you know... It's a, it's a great thing. He's a great fucking cat. It's, I don't see why people have moved on to people. Pets are enough. It's enough. Don't get greedy. Don't make another person. Moisha's not going to commit a crime. I don't have to be on the new, you know. Your child could commit a crime. And that's a real bummer. But we're not here to talk about the crimes of our potential offspring. It has been, these two weeks, I've been painting up a storm. I've been doing a lot of painting. And it's, and, you know, it has a tremendous therapeutic effect. Painting, you just, it for some reason, it's just like, the feelings just flow. It's just a way to get out all your feelings. They just flow, like, through the brush into the colors and it's just the most therapeutic cleansing it's like you're you it's just a gushing from the heart space and uh you know i know that in mental institutions they often give their patients art supplies because it for some reason helps and you know and in prison guys get really into painting and in this quarantine, like being locked in a room day in, day out, it's almost like the painting just came out of me. It's just flowing. And uh, so that's been nice. It's a nice thing. The comedian Mark Marin said that at some point in this lockdown, people will just kind of fall into themselves. Like there's so, it, there was so much pressure and so much trauma that uh, you'd have to you have to shed all the layers of bullshit as a way to survive, you know. And thus, your true essence comes out. And uh, for me, painting came out, and so that was a fucking surprise. But that's, I guess, what makes life interesting is that. Um, you make plans, and then God laughs. Um, so, 
and you know what? That was just some great wisdom. You make plans and God laughs. I, uh, when I got out of law school, I, um, was bouncing around doing different gigs because I'm a gig attorney. And one of my gigs was, uh, handling cases for an insurance defense firm. And, uh, there was an attorney there, Lucy, who was a first generation Russian Jew. And, um, I was kind of going through my existential crisis, being like, I, you know, I don't know if this is for me. I know this isn't for me. I want to move to New York, but I'm afraid. I was telling her that. And we were in San Francisco at this god-awful lawyer holiday party for an insurance defense firm. The existentialists say nothing happens until you hit rock bottom. And this was... For my spirit, pretty close to rock bottom. And she said, that she's like, David, I have two pieces of advice. First, we, we make plans and God laughs. And second, the best way to deal with your parents is to absolutely stop caring what they think. And so I took that advice to heart. And really, it's been, I've been very happy, despite the circumstances, ever since. So... There's all these cool teachers that you meet along your journey. And yeah, the quarantine, getting locked in a room, started started painting. Just doing it because it feels good. And now it's a compulsion. Like I can't stop. Like I just, if I listen to music, I just fucking chill and paint. And it's just so nice. It's such a nice thing to do. And it's also nice to not know what you're doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just playfully exploring like a child. And that's, uh, I had a friend of mine, Harrison, who introduced me to painting in my later years. He's a very talented painter. And when we started painting together, he was like, there's no rules, David. Just know that. About art, there's no rules. So that was freeing. That was a freeing experience. And so that's what's been happening. Just been locked in a room painting. I did go outside one day with my paintings. This past Saturday. I took them out to the street. Just to see if I could sell a few. It was a sunny day. And I got a lawn chair and a black sheet. And I took the paintings out to the street and I got my little speaker. And I just played rap music and I sat out with my paintings and watched the people as they walked by um, and looked at them. And this is, an, this is a very intense experience. It's a very intense experience to sit out with your paintings. I would argue that for me it is a little bit more intense than doing stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy is very intense because you're very vulnerable and people in the audience are sitting there being like all right motherfucker let's see what you got. Are you gonna make me laugh or not? But, and so you, you are sincere, but you're like, 
you're hitting from a different angle when you're doing stand-up comedy. I can't, I don't know what, it's like you're trying to kill. You know, you're up there and like, that's the idea. Like you're, you're up there and you're like, I'm going to fuck you guys up. Like I'm controlling you. It's like a control thing where you're up there and you're, you're trying to control them. You're trying to control their attention and then pop them and then make illicit laughter and command the space. And then with paintings, it's just, it's almost, when you're showing your paintings, you're, it's zero control. You're just, you're being so, you're just opening up and just being like, take me or leave me. And that's like a very intense experience. It's so vulnerable. It's so sensitive. But, but, you know. If you, you know, if, if, I just think it's worthwhile to do the things you're afraid of. It just seems like it's, it makes for a more interesting life. So, I was sitting out there with the paintings and watching people walk by. And some people would be like, like, they, you just see they would stop and, because I wasn't in like a shopping, this is, I didn't park up in a shopping center. I parked up in a walkway, like a sidewalk. And so, even though there's other clothing vendors on the sidewalk, that's more people like stop and they looked at it, but like people weren't going to shopping. It wasn't like, no one was selling crafts. It was like a used clothes block and I was the one painting salesman. But, um, it was interesting, you know, some people would stop and look and kind of be stepped back. Other people would like almost go grab one and touch one and, but then their partner or their child would pull them away. Um, some people, some people walk by and they look at them the whole way. A lot of people didn't look at all. I kind of took a poll cause I wanted to see who, who was, what was the what was my market demographic? Who are the people that really um, vibed the most with my paintings? And what I found was the the demographic were uh, black people. Black people would stop and look and talk to me about my paintings. That was the most favorable group demographic. And the least favorite, the least favorable were white people. White people generally did not even look at my paintings. Some did, but mo- most would just walk on by. And then Jews and Asians, it was kind of, and Latinos, it was like, that was middle. Some of them liked, some of them didn't. And some white people liked my paintings too. But I guess I, I noticed... I notice when the the I notice when the white man or white woman were just not even paying any attention at all. And I just could not relate to that. I'm like, how do you walk past artwork and not even look? I'm just not built that way. How could you do that? How could you walk somewhere and someone has their art out and you're not going to even look? Like you're not going to even be interested. To, to live a life like that. I just couldn't imagine. I'm just not wired that way. 
to not even be interested. Like I'm not even, there's, how do you even relate to that? That's like someone who works in marketing at a giant tech firm and is like, you know, it's great. I get to go on vacation. Like, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I just would never, I'm just not wired that way. I can't relate to that. How do you walk past paintings and not look? Even if they're bad, I want to see bad paintings. I'm interested in bad paintings or bad music or bad any. I just want to, at least it's different. This is something I think a lot about. I think a lot about the difference between the comedian and the audience member and how like the the audience member, the people who go to these comedy shows and, you know, with their dates and they get the drink and the food and they sit and listen and then they go home and they fuck their partner. I'm always just fascinated. I'm like, these people are not the same people that need to be on stage telling the joke. There's the listener and there's the joke teller. It's like the joke teller, it's just not in like can't they're they going just going through you know, going to the show, enjoying it, eating the food, being on the date, laughing at the different ideas, and then going home isn't enough for the joke teller. The joke teller needs to be on stage telling the jokes. Like it's like that's like the it's just like the only place where these two like there's 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 the flock and there's the person who's not in the flock right and the person who's not in the flock has value to the flock if they share their unique perspective otherwise they're just a weirdo in the flock is like you're different we want nothing to do with you and that's the relationship like if you have this if you're not a part of the flock if you are different if you're a weirdo the only you still need society you can't go full outcast you still need to like survive off the lifeblood of this thing and the way you do it is by sharing your unique perspective that's and then the flock appreciates that because for a minute you liberate them and broaden their minds but then they go back to you know just like being normal, you know, being like a normal, healthy individual, you know, who'd like, you know, have like nine to five jobs and, you know, they, they get married around 30 and then they have kids and then at 36 they get divorced and then the woman has sex with the bartender and the guy gets a younger girlfriend and then, you know, he's paying child support and then the woman gets remarried and then it, you know, maybe he gets remarried too, and and it just goes, and it's just like, you know, they're they're all on the same program, and the program works for them, and they're happy, and that's just life. That's that's what it is for most people. They only need a little bit. They only need a little bit of escape, like just to feel like a little naughty, like oh, let's go and hear what this like deranged person's point of view is, so we can laugh and feel liberated. And then we'll go back to the normal life. And then the crazy people, it's like the way they can connect is through the attention on stage. And it meets. It meets in this moment. And it's and it's fa- it's fascinating. It's also just fine. It's just okay. And what's amazing is that 
both these parties wouldn't want to be with the other. Like the people in the audience don't don't want to be comedians. I mean, some of them wish, some of them want to, or like they they fantasize, but they don't want to hang out with comedians. They can't hang; it's too dark. And then comedians feel too stifled to you know be be on the party bus with twenty people going to Sonoma for you know a Salesforce afternoon party. There's nothing wrong with it. Everyone's different. This is just what I've been witnessing. So that's been interesting. Been interesting. So I've been doing a lot of comedy. I've been doing a lot of painting. Been selling some paintings, which is nice. Building building a website for the paintings. Trying to trying to build up the business. Create infrastructure. Um because I feel like I enjoy a hang, but like I've done a lot of hanging in my life. It's been a good hang. It's been a lot of fun. And now it's time to work until I die and then they cremate me. I've done, I've done the hang. The hang is nice. But, um, you know, it's now it's, 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 proje- it's projects till the death of me. You know, and a lot of that, you know, that's just the way it is. I mean, definitely, that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. But yeah, quarantine, baby. I started doing a solo podcast because my girlfriend a year ago dumped me. So, you know. Talk about make turning lemons into lemonade. Um, you know, started painting because I was in a in a lockdown. You know, like you know, it's like jujitsu. It's like how to use the negative force against your partner. That's that's what happened in the lockdown. Some people were better at jujitsu than others. You know. Some of them took the situation and warped it to fit themselves. Like water. Other people did it. It's going to be a scorcher today, folks. It's going to be 70 degrees. 70 degrees after this, I'm going to go through the situation of uploading this fucking thing. And then... um. Try to keep building, you know, building a website is so difficult. It's just, it just, it stresses me out. I, I hate the computer. I hate it. I need an assistant. And, uh, and then, yeah, then I'm going to work, do a little family law. I'm writing a motion to the court for a divorce proceeding. And let me tell you, let me tell you. It, you know, it doesn't make marriage look good. I, I, to this day, I haven't seen a good marriage. I'm just not sold on it. But, you know, well, well, I guess, I guess everyone, everyone wants to, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what the deal is, but I haven't seen it 
you know, I haven't seen any ones where I'm like, that looks fun. I haven't seen it, but I, you know, I think it's just better than the alternative. I think ultimately it's like better than being single. You know, I'm, I have a girlfriend now. I like having girlfriends. I don't really, it's nice. It's better than being single. Being single is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of shallow time. So that's why you get out of it. And you build a partnership and you go deeper, blah, blah, blah. And then you fuck up the next generation. But then you love them. Blah, blah, blah. You know, so I apologize if this podcast was a little morose. Not much external events have happened in my life. It's rather internal. Um, and I hope I hope it was enjoyable to listen to.